Well, it is a windy day. This is Monday. I'm not really going to work. I'm going to get some more gravel. My next or hopefully last load of one to, or no, it's two to four riprap is what they call it. Two inch to four inch. And you can see in the flower bed there, which are kind of metal flowers because the real ones die. Pain in the ass. Gets really hot by the wall. Oh, we're putting in that gravel down there, which wasn't there before. And now it is. All right. Sun is shining and it's cold out. So, what I wanted to try to do was put together um, kind of like a, a summary or a wrap-up of all the questions I've been asking in the last three or four podcasts, like what can we do about it and you know, Q had a plan. Obviously, that didn't happen, and I'm not done fucking talking about Q because I listened to some shows this weekend about Q, and you know, they're still talking as if they were right, and things are just changed a little bit and on hold. You know, there's still a plan, it's been modified. You know, a few of the people they talk as if they're, they're direct contact with Q whoever or whatever that is and well you know i have it on authority as usual and now trump is talking about maybe even creating a social media um, website so you know i don't i don't think he's given up but you know and and I guess I can say Q, bless their little hearts, you know, went on and then for trying to keep us all from jumping off a cliff. Um, it's not working. And, and that's because the deep state, they have a plan also. And they're way more in charge than a bunch of us people that, you know, listen to Q and think that we are part of the solution, which we're not. Because the deep state's in charge, and we are not them. And the deep state's had, you know, 100 years, maybe more, you know, depending on who they are. You know, Fabian society's been trying to stick it to America since we are founding. Because they just don't like it. You know, whatever we are, whatever that it is, they don't like it. Freedom and liberty, that is, you know, because... Because Satan's plan, if you look at it, was more control. It's more of a control freak kind of thing. And and that's who I think the deep state are. They're so deep, they're in hell. But uh, I still think there's hope for America because until, until Christ shows up, we can still kind of control our destiny, perhaps. You know, and, 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 you know, even even with the Sodom and Gomorrah, and I've talked about this, you know, God was just looking for one or two righteous people, and he would have spared the, the town, the city, the village, whatever they called it back then. And so they could have done something even then if they would have been righteous. You know, his plan wasn't 
in motion so much that, you know, God couldn't have spared it. And I think the same is with America. If, and, and righteousness is, is maybe a word that's been thrown around so much that we think if you're not a prophet or an alleged prophet, then you're not, you know, you're not righteous. Or if you're not saved in Christ's name, you're not righteous. Or if you're not, you know, a priest in the church, then you're not righteous. Or if you don't pay your tithing, then uh, you're not righteous. And uh seems to be that it's what we think of righteous and and I think even in Sodom and Gomorrah, when, you know, God was looking for a righteous person, you know, he wasn't looking for the leader of a group or a church. He was just looking for Bob or Jane that were righteous, you know, like the widow's, widow's might or like when he saved Mary from being stoned because she was a harlot. You know, he was like, well, if he was without sin, cast the first stone, you know, and he saved her, a harlot. And that that's, they thought Jesus was, that was heresy. It was blasphemy. You know, little did they know they were talking about the guy that would later on write the Bible. In theory, okay? Um, so, there may be righteous people among us. As far as what God is looking for. And I think because America is the greatest nation ever created, you know, and there were great ones before, you know, even Rome was a republic and they, they ran it with a lot of freedom and liberty and, and, and that's what God wants, you know, free agency. He wants us to be able to do stupid things and, and grapple with those stupid things and then uh, rise above it. And then if, if we are righteous or care enough when we die that, you know, then Christ will atone for us. And, and I don't remember Christ ever saying, well, I'll atone for you if you've you know, been baptized or you in this church or that church. I think he was looking for more of a true righteous you know, person or someone that believes down deep, you know, not deep in the water, I mean deep, you know. So who knows? We don't know. We think we know, but we don't. So... Um, I think there's there's hope for America, and and it's going to be difficult. And and you know they're um, they're doing a, a thing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. A lot of my listeners might also be, uh, you know, Mike Adams listeners from Health Ranger Report on Bright Dion and situation updates and stuff, or even Patriot Street Fighter. I think will be there. Uh, Doug Billings maybe be there. I know uh, Cindy Powell will be there. Uh, Michael Flynn will be there. So they're they're calling it the you know the the biggest group of patriots assembled, probably in one place. That might be true. And then they say you know we're all true constitutional believers, and then that's that's fine too. I think if they wanted to get someone in there like uh, Chris Ann Hall, would bring a lot to the conversation when it comes to the Constitution, uh, whatever. Um, so that's going to be going on um, in Tulsa, I think, next month. Um, 
But they're talking about, you know, fighting to save free speech. And among other things, I'm sure they'll be talking about, you know, that, you know, free speech also. But I, you know, I have a friend that uses like really pretty, I mean, you think I cuss a lot and I just cuss a lot. And then I talk about things that I believe are important, but I've never been banned. I, I think the only time I ever got thrown in Facebook jail was, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and I had, I was using an app that just would take a post and share it to many groups at one time because it was hard to share to, you know, all your groups, you know. And, and so this little plug-in thing or whatever it was would would share to all of your groups. But I didn't notice that in the coding it would it would load up a lot of, uh, I, I guess, junk, you know, like click. Click not clickbait, but clickbait-looking stuff. You know all the links that were in the post or something, and 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 so I did that, and they warned me, and I looked into it, and I go, I don't, I don't see it because I couldn't really see what it, what it was talking about, and then uh, then they banned me for seven days. I just couldn't post, you know, from you know things like that. I could still comment on people's stupid shit and stuff, so. You know, I've I've never been banned, but he gets banned. He's always in and out of Facebook jail, as he calls it. Uh, you know, so much so that he's you know just irritated with it, and he thinks it's all fucking bullshit. It is, but you know, I could see it. You know, when he's using the N word and saying stupid this, and you know, really harsh, then I, I you know I, it doesn't promote. I guess some kind of open dialogue and communications. It's harsh and shuts it down. And, and and usually I talk to people like that on Facebook. I'll go, hey, you know, dial it back, buddy. You know, you're you're truly painting with a broad brush when you say all people like this are this. And no, that's, that's not what I learned in debate, you know, classes and stuff. So... Yeah, I get it, you know, and he's he's got a point. He has been banned, but did he ban himself? I don't, I don't know. You know, you you can't yell fire in a in a building, in a theater, like they say, legally even, unless there is a fire. Um, so that's kind of what he does, you know. Love to death. He's really smart. He just has this one quirk that's kind of harsh. So. I don't see the point in having a big gathering to save free speech and take America back because it's not going to happen. And so I've looked at it more so on a local level, and I've talked about this before, that we, we only have a chance to save America if we, if we you know, aim small and, and, you know, and hit small or whatever that expression is. You've got you to aim small. If, if, you're, if you're aiming for you know, America and the political system as a whole in Washington, D.C., then that's, that's, I don't know what kind of gun you would be aiming with that big of a target. You know, shotgun, I guess, figuratively speaking, a bazooka, an atomic bomb, I don't know. How, how can you hit something that nebulous and, and large? You know, so you got to aim small. So, like, I think what we need to do is is dial it back 
we need to start talking to our, our mayors and our city council. And I talked a little bit about that, and that's part of the master plan. You know, if you have an alderman or whatever, you, you need to get people together that think alike, like you on Facebook before you get banned, that are in your community, and go, hey, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's go to these meetings and see if we can do that. Let's see. Let's try it and see if we can get, you know, a grip on this. You know, uh, planning and zoning is a great place, great place to start because most of the things the city does, I have no problem with. You know, I, I like parks. I pay my taxes for the park and my wife plays softball at the park and I go to the park and watch the games. And it's there for all of us. It's not means tested. It's just, it's the park. The swimming pool, you know, I, do I agree with this, you know, public pool that costs that much money? Not really. A park, I kind of kind of get more along that because it brings more community together than just a swimming pool um you know they own a golf course which you know once again they've already bought it and spent the money so whatever you know but i I don't agree with them running the restaurant and the bar as as a city owning it because what ends up happening is their their bottom line is different than than a real restaurant or bar owner's bottom line you know, they charge the same for food, but if they don't make a profit, they don't really care. You know, if, 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 they're, if they're losing money, they don't care because it just comes out of this fungible giant pot called taxes. And so you as a business owner couldn't do that. You know, if you're not making money and you're not finding your break-even point and you're not running a really sharp pencil, you're closed. You can't just draw from your rich uncle sam and go oh, another another month and and then not even like even your rich uncle would sit there and go well what's this going to do for you next month well i'm just going to continue to do the same dopey ass thing and hope i get different results he's going to go well then i'm not going to lend you the money but see the taxpayers can't say that we can't audit that and go hey okay you've got three months to turn this around and start making a profit or we're closing it yeah, you know, city council would be like, what do you mean you're closing that? <laughs> we are the city council. So, you know, but for the most part, I can even stomach that because eventually, you know, businesses are going to rise up, which I'm surprised they didn't during the COVID thing when they were, you know, hemorrhaging cash, you know, these businesses. Why didn't they go, well, you, you know, your damn golf course is subsidized with tax dollars. Uh, we want subsidized too or shut that damn thing down. Because it's competing with us, and it's not cool. So when you look at your city government, at least me in a smaller town, the park I use, garbage, water, I use. Street services, sidewalks, I use. The things the city does, for the most part, I use, one way or another. It benefits me one way or another. Planning and zoning does dick. You know, it's this nebulous thing of public health and safety. You know, which they can stamp onto anything, you know. But that doesn't give the city a a legal right to use their police powers unless it is truly public health and safety. So that would be a good starting point, you know. You know, sit there and and talk to the, the city and go, well, we need to change this. These codes are oppressive. Damn near tyrannical. It's hurting, you know, older people that can't afford to 
replace their water heater or put a roof on their house because they got to get a damp permit and it's got to be inspected, which means there has to be approvals and plans and you got to get a licensed contractor. Well, you know, their grandson might have been able to kick out a couple rolls of roofing paper or, and, and fix the roof so it's not leaking and therefore it is more safe. Um, they can't do that. See, now it's it, instead of, you know, having their, their their kids or grandkids come down for the weekend and, you know, eat some of grandma's special cake or grandpa's, you know, fun fishing trip, you know, it, and a couple, you know, five rolls of roofing paper and some nails and a couple hundred bucks, it's done. No, now it's a $5,000 roof. Well, they can't afford it. And, and so they just don't get it done. See, that to me is wrong. It's wrong-headed. It's wrong-thinking. So you go to the city and go, we need to change this. And they'll, they'll give you all the, you know, the pushback, International Building Code, and blah, 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 and public health. But you, you need to be prepared to push back harder. Push them back so hard they might fall over. It doesn't matter. Push them back. And when they dust off and get back up off their butt, go, we're being polite here. But you have overreached, and this is a usurpation of authority and power. We did not grant you. Well, the state did. It's like, I, I, I don't think so. In fact, I can probably find just as many laws to say you're wrong as you can find to say you're right. So, whatever. You know, but you, you, have, to, you have to start. Because, see, planning and zoning is really rolling out Agenda 21. At least in my area, when I really look at it, you know, everything seems up and up and, and quite you know, squishy, you know, oh, but the reality is what they're doing is, you know, if you study the, the rules and how Agenda 21 works and what it does as far as private property, you know, my guy from planning and zoning that I have a beef with and he doesn't like me either is really pushing Agenda 21. Now, does he know that? I don't think so. I think he's just an arrogant blowhard that thinks he's doing the right thing because he's been given this little, you know, chrome-plated badge that says that he's the, the authority for planning and zoning and he can, you know, tell people to stop doing things on their private property. And, and he really feels he might be doing the right thing. But, you know, as I've talked it over with the city attorney, I go, this is a dereliction of duty. Things are not being fixed in this community. Meanwhile, they're off over here in La La Land you know, being oppressive and, and overreaching. And so, you know, I've talked to other people on the city council. I go, you might not notice this, but if you would take some time to read Agenda 21, you would see that's exactly what this is. You know, so start there. Um, right now we have teachers that refuse to work. Well, most of them are in teachers unions and, and a lot of them. So if, if, if their contracts are up or they're in violation of their, their contract, and stuff, then we can hire new teachers, you know. In fact, right now would be a perfect time while schools are closed and stuff to, to, to back off far enough to sit there and go, um, we're not re-engaging with the Department of Education or, or even the state education. We're, we're, we're taking it back. We're literally taking the education of our children back locally. And, and they can... And the state can push and all that, but right now they, they got way too many uh, things, irons in the fire to be fucking with this. And right now our teachers are all like, well, I don't want to work anyway, so 
that's fine. We'll, 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 you know, we'll catch him on the rebound. No, you won't, maybe. So there, there are areas that you can fight. And I'm sure everybody listening has their pet peeve with the city, you know. Most of it's planning and zoning. A lot of it is the schools. A lot of it might be parks or sidewalks or how the money's spent. But you get together a group. And, and like when I was in college, I was the vice president of Phi Beta Lambda, which is whatever that meant. She asked me to join us. It sounds cool. Um, and uh, what, we, what we did is we had to put on so many things in a year, you know, or in that semester. And, and so we, we, we got together, we brainstormed and came up with three really good ideas like, that we would sponsor. You know, a thing on, on financial investments and, and Roth IRAs and all that. And another one was, uh, ah, I can't even remember. It's, you know, that was way back in the, the early, early ass 80s. Um, but we, we brainstormed a bunch of ideas, me and the, the group would, you know, put together. And then uh, I said, okay, well, let's pick three. And we picked the three that we thought were most important. And then it was pretty obvious who should run those groups because they were the ones that brought up the idea. So I was like, well, okay, you know, do you want to be in charge of this, you know, financial planning thing? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah. My father's in it. I'm studying it. That's why I'm in college. It's like, okay, cool. You're in charge of that. And then the other two things that were equally as important, you know, for the community, because these had to be community outreach things that we were doing at, at the college. So everyone became the head of their little chairmanship, you know, of that committee. And I said, okay, as, as acting president of the group, because our president was sick, I was like, anything you need, let me know. I'm here for all three of you. You bounce it off me. You need money for printing or whatever. We've got the money to do all this. You just call me. And if it's over our budget, we'll talk to the teacher or whoever's in charge of the group. And I said, well, that's what we'll do. And it, w- it went on without a hitch. Everything was perfect. Everyone was like, that was the easiest, greatest thing you ever did. I was like, I didn't do shit. i tell you the truth. I just sat back and herded the group, you know. And, and the people that were most involved with their thing, you know, they had, a, they had a, you know, mentioned it. They proposed it. They had their plan. We agreed on it. And then they were in charge. That was pretty simple, you know. Worse than person most committed uh, usually wins, and that was them. So we could do that, you know. You, you get together with the, the people in your town, you know. It requires you being nice and maybe meeting people. And you, you could do it at, at the bar or the restaurant, you know. Just have a little group meeting. I, I'm not talking about joining the fucking Chamber of Commerce or, you know, National Small Business Alliance. Because that's all big ticket stuff. I'm just talking about you and Bob and Jane and Frank and the feed store guy and the boots store guy or whatever you got in your community, the archery shop, the gun store, what? just, you know, the local yokels, the health food co-op, get them all together and go, what can we do? Come up with some great ideas, you know, group think it to death and they go, okay, well now let's, let's pick chairmen for this. And you will spearhead that. And, and the person that has the idea will usually be the one that's like, yeah, I want to do that. Get them together 
and then you say, okay, the rest of us that are not with these two groups or whatever we're fighting, the, the big fight, this quarter doesn't even have to be like for the rest of their life. It's just like we're, we're going to, as soon as we win or we get some progress, we will reevaluate and then come up with maybe something else, a side gig that we can push from the other side with you know some of these other things we talked about. Now go, okay. And you go, the rest of us are going to work like hell to do whatever you need. I can do printing. I can make T-shirts. You know, I got another friend that makes T-shirts for all the high school, you know, uh, sports things and stuff. And so we got that. We got media. I know people in media. I do a podcast. I got another friend that, you know, used to do a small newspaper. I think we kick him back into high gear, you know, maybe. Um, we got a radio station in our town, which is really a big deal. And, and he's on our side because they're being a dick to him, just like governments that dick to everybody. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter if you own a TV station, a radio station, a newspaper, or a blog. They're being dicks to you. You know, so. Um, and it's like, we're going to coordinate these things. So all you got to do is put together your game plan of how you want to attack this thing. Get some people together, you know, petitions or whatever, sign them and stuff. And then we will use what we have in our in our arsenal to then push that way, you know. So you, you're not going to have to sit there as chairman and, and talk to the radio station and all that and get them on board. We will get them on board. And then when you need them, we can fine-tune it, dial it up and in and tighten it up and then push you know, and that's the pushback. And, and then and then you can kind of, you know, it might take six months, might take a year. I talked to a guy the other day, you know, in the county about this planning and zoning thing I'm fighting with. And he goes, you do know that, you know, the city has no code because of the way it was done the last time. I go, yeah, I, I, I know. And he goes, I go, I'm talking to you know, council and, and some people on the council and they're talking to the mayor about writing new code, planning and, and zoning code, which is awesome, you know, because that's my big pet peeve. So, you know, and, and I said, but they're dragging their feet. They know it needs to be done because they legally have no code. So therefore, you know, like even with my case, if push really comes to shove, you know, I, I, they can't even enforce what doesn't exist. But so he's like, well, you, you can get together, you know, some lawyers and you can actually write that and present it to the city because they hate working, you know, and go, here's what we think is a workable new code. Have it done. All the I's are crossed. So it's kind of like a, a publicly written initiative that becomes a ballot thing that the city council will vote on. And if, if you do it right and, and there's people that can do that that will write it and get it together. And then you have the meetings and the workshops that are open to the public and you hammer out all the details and then you pass something that's worthwhile. I was like, holy fuck, I did not know that. I mean, I've heard that, you know, we the people can do this stuff, but I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I I can build a house, I've never done it. So where do I start? And then you have to, you know, Go, oh, you're going to need something to set that house on. Oh, that's called a foundation or a footing or a stem wall. Okay, learn about that. 
and then you get that belt, and then you go, what, what's next? Oh, I need a floor, a subfloor. There's specs, there's engineering goes in there. How, how does it have to be built? I don't need to hire an engineer. I just need to read all the same stuff they do because it's not like I'm building bridges for Empire State Building or something. It's just like a fucking house. It's really, they, all the charts are out there. You just look at it. Span. Two by six, two by eight, two by ten. How big, how far? So you can do it. We can do this. So there's people out there that will write these things, probably right within your local community, you know. So that's just, you know, a few little things. But if we don't start small and we don't get control of our towns and our cities, then, or even our, our, our little area within the big city, like, you know, New York's huge, you know, but you got, you got representation called aldermen's there. And if you can sway them to start seeing things your way, and if you've got a, a people behind you, he can sway other ones to where eventually you get something going. Now, in a bigger town like Phoenix or California, L.A. or San Bernardino or wherever the fuck, you know, Austin, Texas, it's going to take a long time because they've been working at it from the other angle for a long time. So, you know, Austin, Texas is Texas, but it's like San Francisco in the desert, basically. You know, so... It took them 20, 30 years to get all their people in place that all think like stupid fucking libtards that they are. They go, oh, we need we need control because you just can't let people run themselves. They will get hurt, you know. So you, it, it, some things are going to take more effort. But how much more effort is it going to take to maybe get control of, you know, your big town like we got Sierra Vista here. It's like 50,000, 60,000 people. That's that's probably a one-year project. But if you don't start, you're never going to get your game plan together. And, and, and the, the people that are working in the smaller towns, you know, can help because they're like, well, I got this radio guy. He, you know, we can, we can work on it that way. And then you start flanking them and coming in and stuff. Well, if, if that seems impossible... Then how are you going to change Washington, D.C., which is thousands of miles away from maybe where you live and full of the deep state corruption on a level you don't even understand? I mean, Trump barely survived, you know, that. You know, they impeached him twice. And Trump was the president of the United States. He had more legal team facilities for him as the president. And, and Secret Service and bodyguards to where they couldn't just take him out if he started winning. But it still cost him personally millions of dollars in legal fees. He's the only guy that left being a public servant at that level more broke than when he went in. Because like Obama, he was worth maybe a million or something and you know from all his scams and deals that he did and books that he didn't write. He left worth, you know, 30, 40 million dollars and now he's worth even more. Trump went in with billions and he left with like billions missing. So you're not going to take on Washington, D.C. Your little group in Tulsa is not going to win free speech at a federal level. It's too big of a target. You just can't do it. 
So we have to, we, we need to rethink and we need to aim small and we just need more marksmen aiming small. And, and, uh, and like, you know, these towns I drive through on the way to work, they're like Wachuca City. I mean, the mayor was an asshat for years and, he, you know, he had junkyards and stuff, everything against all the code that he had wrote, but he could do it. Well, that's so easy, you know, then... You know, I, I think the mayor in my town of five, six thousand people, he he won the, the election with 500 votes, not 500 more than the other guy, which there was no other guy. Just 500 votes. That's it. Ten percent people in town voted. This town here I'm in right now uh, where the mayor was kind of an asshat, you know. I mean, he let he let things go so much that people were free to actually turn the town into something really worth looking at. But he was no help whatsoever. I'm sure he became mayor uh, on a hundred votes total, hundred votes. You know, I mean, most of us could buy a hundred votes <laughs> when you think about it. You know, so you're not running for mayor of L.A. You're not trying to take Gavin Newsom's place. You know, which costs millions of dollars, and hundreds of thousands of votes and petitions and all that, which is funny because they're trying to recall Gavin Newsom's. And, and, you know, so they needed 100,000 signatures. They got 200,000, but they wanted to verify every one of those. Now, they didn't want to verify the votes for the presidential election. But boy, when it hit him in the pocket and they're talking about raining on his fucking parade. Yeah, he wanted every vote or, on, or signature on that petition verified. Blind studies or whatever. You know, so you can see the hypocrisy. But you're not running for that. You're starting small. You know, even in a big town, you might, you might be able to get enough people if you've got friends and you're really talking some good stuff and you're not calling people names like my friend that gets kicked off Facebook all the time. You know, you're, you, you might be able to get enough people to, in your area and some of the, 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 the old founding families in that little area, which is now just like an alderman seat, but you represent that smaller area, you might be able to you know, get your foot in the door. Or you might find somebody that's you know, closer to getting his foot in the door that you can uh, pull over to your side, your way of thinking. So this is my, my plan. And, and you know, you, you need, like, we have a good sheriff. And a lot of our city council now have become, you know, more conservative based in their thinking. Like I said, I'm not talking Republican or Democrat because either, either group can help. You know, you just need to get them to listen. And, and people that won't listen, well, you don't need to talk to them anyway. I mean, I don't need to talk to people that are too dumb to understand that, you know, the sky is blue. I mean, if they really think it's green, good on them. I'm not going to waste my time with them. So, you know, you, you can get your people together, and, and it's not that hard to do. So you got the sheriff and, you know, some police and city council. Our mayor, I hear, is is pretty good shape. And then you start changing things. And if you've got someone in your group that wants to change, you know, land use laws like you know, we in Arizona and most states on this side of the Mississippi, 
of, you know, BLM, you know, that manages the land, or should I say stole all our land from the states, you know, you can get your sheriff to go, hey, you know, we're going to do like Mylar County there in, in Oregon, but we want to do it here, and we want to pick an area where, you know, we've got your support to where when the FBI show up, you're going to push them away, right? They'll go, yeah, I don't... I don't, they can't call me into service and I can stop them from arresting you because this is my county. You know, I have jurisdiction even over BLM if I want to assert that authority. And there was, there was a, a, a sheriff in, in California that told all the park rangers, hey, surrender your guns and your badges and your ticket books. I'm rescinding my authority to operate in my county. You know, and they're like, we're federal agents. You can't do that. And he's like, well, yeah, I can, you know, because just because you people haven't read the Constitution doesn't mean I haven't. So you, you, can, you can branch out in areas. I would just be happy if we could, you know, mainly get control of our city councils and, and start whittling away at the years of incrementalism that they've been doing to us. You know, if there's free speech issues in your city, whittle away at it. You know, um, if you have issues with, you know, property rights or raising chickens or wanting to go off grid in your small town and they're like, you can't raise chickens. It's like, okay, that's a sheriff issue. You need to know that even though they're they're bringing to bear things that they don't have as far as authority, you know, you need to know that. It's like, you know, yeah, planning and zoning can sit there and go, well, it's against city ordinances to, to raise chicken, you know, or have a garden in your front yard. And, and, and it might sound all legal and, and really cool big words and stuff that's in their ordinance. And, you know, like my city ordinances are always saying the state of Arizona grants authority to the city to make laws, you know, to protect the, the people. Well, yeah, it does grant them authority to do that. As long as those ordinances and those laws follow the state constitution. Well, you'll find out a lot of these chicken and farming ordinances uh, really aren't backed up fully by the state constitution. And there's a loophole in everything. I mean, you know, fuck, if it don't, if it don't fit, you must acquit. That's like the biggest fucking loophole in the world. And yet got OJ away, you know, free from murder. So you just need to find lawyers that are willing to say, um, you know, I, I, I'm not into raising chickens and I really don't care about front yard gardens, but I do care about the Constitution and freedom and liberty. And, and I am willing to take the weight of my organization and fight for you because what they're doing is bullshit, whether it's bullshit with free speech, bullshit with gun rights, bullshit with private property. It's bullshit, and we're going to fight for it. And that's what the ACLU used to do. They would fight these little innocuous things like schools telling you you couldn't wear this kind of shirt, you know, whatever, and they would fight it. And they'd go, no, schools can't mandatory mandate what people wear to school uh, because it's free speech. You know, see, they oh, oh, it's free speech. I thought we just... I thought it was different. It's like, no, you're wrong. Fuck you. You lose. So schools had to make it policy 
And only private schools can make it a policy to where you wear a uniform. Public schools can't do that because it's public. Can't tell you what to fucking do. So they, we used to have ACLU was a group that would fight for things. You know, now they've just become asshats like the Southern Poverty Law Center. You know, I just say, well, you know, the real, the real horrible things is, you know, what they're doing to black people. Say, no, that's not the real horrible thing. The real horrible thing is what they're doing to Americans, black, brown, yellow, white, whatever. But see, they've gone off and, and created their own agenda. So, oh, well. You know, what are you going to do? You're not going to talk to them about it. But there's there's probably lawyers in your area. You get a group of lawyers together and say, well, you know, we're, we're going to we're going to pitch in some of our massive amount of money we make being lawyers. And, and, and we're going to fight these things pro bono. We're going to help this group because my grandmother was screwed over by planning and zoning and she couldn't fix her roof. And so it leaked and, and nobody knew. Because, you know, she couldn't get it fixed. Come on, you know, it's my grandma. I, I, we're not that close of a family. But then there was mold in her attic and she fucking died from, you know, some infection. And, and, and she couldn't do it because the goddamn city wouldn't let her. They wouldn't even help her, you know. So there are people out there that, that care. And so you need to find them. You need to go on a, on a scavenger hunt and find lawyers and councilmen and People that are proactive in organizations and groups like the Lions and the Elks and the VFW and these groups and go, well, we can help you. We got, we got a lot of old retired veterans here that just are not done pissing people off yet. And uh, that comes from the movie with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. where he's an old Navy diver where they wore that big bell on their head, uh, helmet. And uh, I, I think it was uh, Robert Duvall, I think. He's retired now, and he's helping Cuba Gooding Jr. with this case with the Navy. And he's like, why are you helping me? And, and Robert Duvall goes, I think that was who it was. It could have been some other guy, but I'm pretty sure. He goes, well, I'm not, I'm not done pissing people off yet. And, and so you got to find them people and the, these old retired guys that are now so cantankerous and mean that, the, you know, they would love to go out there to VFW in your area and the along with the, you know, other groups and, and, and put together a little rally where, you know, feed them, make them some hamburgers and they're fucking happy. And, and to bring, raise awareness about how, you know, Grandma Jones died because of mold because she couldn't afford to get a roof fixed. And the city was, you know, complacent in the fact that they wouldn't help her and they wouldn't ease up restrictions so she could have her grandson, you know, put the roof on without a permit. That was $300. And so... You know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, find something, find the heart tugging, heart string tugging thing, you know, that that can really work. You know, some old lady that's, you know, uh, survived the depression and believes in having a victory garden and she wants to have a victory garden in her front yard, but they keep telling her no, but her backyard won't work because her dogs tear it all up. She wants her front yard, which front yard garden can look just as beautiful as a bunch of stupid ass fucking landscaping. And so they won't let her do that. And and that's the way she was raised, to be self-reliant, you know. Raise some awareness. Boy, the city will back away from that so fucking quick. When you get old veterans and the old founders of the town and, and, and VFW and the Lions and all these groups that are just like, what are you doing? And they show up at a city council meeting. In a city council meeting, you will watch them pedal backwards so fucking fast that they will fall off their 
podium. Whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't know that this was going on. We're going to look into it. It's like, yeah, you look into it. And we'll be back next meeting to see what you figured out. Because she's going to continue to grow her food. And we have thousands of dollars in lawyers that we can bring to bear on this situation. So you tell your planning and zoning guy to put this on hiatus for a while until you figure it out. So get back up on the podium and do your job and quit dicking with us. It would be funny to watch how fast they will recoil from some of the stupid shit they do when it's brought to their attention in a way that they're like, hey, my grandfather was the coolest dude ever and he lived through the Depression and he always talked about his victory garden. So um, it, 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 you have to find ways to hit home. And it's a simple plan. It is really a simple plan. We need to aim small. You know, if you're in an association, you need to attack that thing. I mean, you signed up for that. So if you don't really like living in an association, well, then you're going to have to sell your house because you signed away your constitutional rights. But you could, there's still ways to maybe, you know, fight a little bit. You know, get on the, on the council, whatever they call that fucking group that runs their, you know, fucking criminal war camps or whatever, you know, like Auschwitz. Homeowners associations are like internment camps for Jews, as far as I'm concerned. Just control freak motherfuckers with nothing better to do but tell you how to live. You know, I can see getting a group together to pave the streets and do a nice neighborhood and put a gate up there and keep the maintenance on that. But those association fees, they could be dialed back a little bit and their communist rule could be dialed back a little bit. So there's ways to fight that. But when I say aim small, I'm talking about your city. And if it's a big city, then you need to really find a target of opportunity that you can hit and make some change. Become an alderman. You know, get some newspapers on your side. Get some bloggers on your side. You know, get some podcasters and YouTubers on your side that live there. See, that's the thing with the big city. You got a lot of talent there. And you think, well, you know, what's some video producer on YouTube going to do? Well, let's see. Every time he gets all public, like, I don't know, like the Patriot Street Fighter or Mike Adams, you know, they'll put a video out and by afternoon, you know, if they release it in the morning, by the afternoon, they have close to 100,000 views. Um, if you look at statistics, you know, like when and, and ratings, like, you know, these these late night talk shows and you know, the funny ones and stuff, they're getting a couple hundred thousand views, you know, but the, the ratings are on a overall, like, how good did he do this month? Well, you know, if you're getting a hundred thousand views every night for every show, then advertisers are paying money to have their products on there. So he keeps his job. Um, hundred thousand views is nothing to laugh at. So if, if, if you got somebody in your community it's just ripping and rolling on these things. You, you're going to make change. Now, you've got to remember those views are maybe worldwide views, and a lot of them people aren't going to really move the needle in your little community. But that doesn't mean you can't sit there and go, um, this guy's talking shit about you in, in a way that he's getting 100,000 views. And those people are willing to put their money where their mouth is and sign a petition or or they're going to do on their channel the same thing and point a light at, at the darkness in 
California, New York, New Jersey, Newport Beach, whatever, you know. So it's up to you and I to find your target of opportunity and aim small and then get all your friends together like a team of shooting buddy marksmen and, and tell them, aim small. Here's our target this week or this month. Because the minute you hit that target and you start moving the needle and things start happening and if you're paying attention, then you can you can reacquire different targets and broaden your 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 field of operations to where if something starts happening then you go and and blunt it over there and flank it over here and focus it that way and and, then you start making a change do you have to become a little more politically active yeah do you have to learn a little bit more instead of reading talking points on facebook and cute ass fucking memes yeah you do because now you're in the you're in the swamp you're in the pond it's not as deep as the one Trump was trying to drain in Washington, but you're you're in you're in that. So you need to be a little bit more on your A game. You need to bring your A game. You're not just out plunking at the river now, shooting at beer bottles and cans. I'm sure that's politically correct, but whatever. Um, you're actually on the shooting range, and there's rules now, and, and you have to bring your A game and shoot better. And and then and then people go, you're a pretty good shot. I'd like to train with you, or train you, or help you. That's when the lawyer steps up and goes, I like what you guys are doing. I see what you're doing. I'm 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 with you. Let's do it. So I'm at the sand and gravel place. So I'm going to continue this when I get back. Maybe I'll take a short break. Throw a commercial out there. Hey, you caught me bugging out of the area because of a critical incident. Uh, luckily, I know what to do and I know where I'm going. Thanks to uh, the Contra radio network, I mean, I listen to these guys. They give me uh, crucial information on what to do when a critical uh, crisis happens. So, what about you? Do you guys listen to the Contra radio network? Let's talk about tea. Not just any tea, getthetea.com. They have all kinds of cool stuff. They have cleansing teas, they have stuff for eye health, stuff from the sea, immune support, stamina and energy, food and protein, and just all kinds of cool stuff. Log on to the website at www.getthetea.com. Log on now. All right, 2.3 tons later. That was kind of tricky because... uh, I think he was a little bit newer than some of the guys that loaded me before, and they knew just how much a bucket would hold, and they had that big-ass front loader. So they were like, almost full is two tons, and they'd hit right on the money. This guy, uh, he might have known that, but he couldn't get a a good scoop, um, which I understand that because that's kind of a pain in the ass. I'm not a tractor driver, very good at it anyway. So he had to come back, get some more, and then I couldn't judge. So I'm looking at it thinking, well, that kind of looks like the last fucking two times. I was right at 2.3, so I was was happy. The trailer can carry three tons, but I don't have my uh, electric brakes hooked up because I'm having some issues with that. So two is, is the sweet spot. 
All right, so go back home now. So we were talking about our simple plan, my simple plan. And, and I'm sure it could be expanded and, and work right. But I don't see any reason logically or strategically to go any larger. You know, we, if, if, if we have a big picture as maybe the perpetrators of this plan, then we could, you know, get our community working right and get all the bugs fixed and, and then then movie and then maybe move to the next small town in the county because people are going to see what's going on. They're going to go, hey, what are you doing there in, in your town? It's like, well, we're doing this and that. It's like, well, I noticed you got a lot of things changed. That's kind of cool. Uh, wish our town would do that. It's like, well, here's how you do it. And I, I think, you know, I might be the only guy uh, listening to this podcast unless somebody shares it. In the, in the entire state of Arizona. But if I if I get my friends that are all very politically active too and think this shit show needs to come to an end, um, they live in other towns. So we also can work together and, and uh, keep things, you know, moving. So I work on my town. They help me because they know people that maybe bring a little bit more enlightenment to what I'm trying to do. Uh, you know, maybe whatever my pet peeve is with the city. Um, and and then so they can work on their town. Then you get five or six towns finally because you, you know people. And they see what's going on. And they're, they're observant because, you know, we, we watch the news for a reason. We watch the news to see what's happening. You know, it's not like we want to have a life force sucked out of us by watching the news and this, you know, bullshit that just sucks our mojo dry and leaves us you know wanting anything but what we're being fed which is horseshit so people will see you will meet people just in your small town like mine of of i don't know you know five six thousand people you start doing something and then you're talking to people and if you get the guy maybe from the radio station you know, he knows people and they're like, oh, that's, that's really great. I'm going to put you in touch with, you know, this other guy. Or my friend wants to talk to you. He lives in a town that's just so oppressive. What can he do? And as long as you're always aiming small and saying, why, well, you, you need to overthrow the city. You need to get all new mayors and all new city council in there. And, and, and you got to rewrite the rules, by golly. Well, that's not aiming small. That's, once again, very broad, you know, like a you know, shotgun kind of thing. So you just you do the same thing. You know, you, maybe you put together your playbook as you start doing it. You don't write a playbook and then start following it. You just go, here's what we're going to do. Let's try this. Write it down. Keep notes. Keep putting it together to where the next time you're talking to somebody, is like, what can we do? You go, well, here, I've, I've, I've written, written this down. I got a PDF kind of that, you know, what we were doing in the beginning and what worked and what didn't work. And, and so we've, we've gotten to where we are now. 
And, and so if that can get you to there, then that's progress, you know. And, and I think each, each battle would be similar strategically fought. You know, you, I might be going after planning and zoning or, or the city writing code that's friendly to people because, like I said, I have no problem with a lot of the stuff the city does, you know, as far as, you know, their services. But it, it's the ones they do that are outside their scope. They, they never had the, the authority to do it, but they did it anyway. Or they thought they did, and then they abused it like planning and zoning. Or they wrote laws that, you know, didn't have workshops involved, and the community wasn't, you know, brought into the, to the vote, and therefore it, 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 it was illegal, in, at least in my town. So, and then, so you're in, a, in, in town B, and you're like, I want to do this, and you're like, well, Awesome, go fucking do it. It's like I think what they're doing with this, this taxes is ridiculous. You know, like, you know, our our county is sixty some billion dollars in debt to this failed retirement program, which is actually true happening in my county. But the city's going to be, you know, the bigger city's going to end up bearing the brunt of most of this because we have more commerce, more tax dollars, more high end properties, and. and and I just, I don't want to see this happen. You know, my mother can barely afford her property taxes because, see, in some counties, they don't give you a break or they don't fix the, the rate of property tax once you get older. You know, it's, some just waive it completely, but some do not. And so that's why in California, a lot of people sell their houses and their, you know, and, and move because they're, they've reached an age. They bought an old house in the 50s or 60s that, you know, they scraped together enough money to buy it in a small area and they loved it and they were happy and they were part of that community and then as as things change which they do in life you know now all of a sudden their forty thousand dollar home that they bought or even less maybe you know when they first got married and got out of the army or whatever you know that uh now it's you know 2.4 million dollars you know because just everything grew up around them and the, you know, they might have fixed their house up, and it was nice. You know, it's still small, but it's the property that's worth $2.6 million, not the fucking house sitting on top of it. You know, you got a pretty big lot. They'll scrape that house off there and build a, a, a you know, a, a four-apartment, you know, little thing with parking underground. They'll excavate the dirt, they'll, you know, and they'll stack it on top of it, and it'll be, like, huge. So they're getting four rents out of one property now. So... They can't. They can't afford the property tax now, because you know they're retired. They couldn't even afford it back in the day, but you know they worked, and so that's what you want to do. You, I want to stop this. I don't want to pay the brunt of this mistake the county made, just because I happen to live in a nicer area that has higher property values, therefore more property tax, even on the same lot. Because like I have. You know, my house sits on a, an acre where I live. Well, it is still pretty cheap because the town itself, the property values are pretty low. And they'll tell you in the county that, oh, we treat all property value the same. It's like, yeah, whatever. You know, you, you live in an affluent area, a 3,200-square-foot house like mine, you know, now that I've added on to it, or 3,000 about, you know, is valued a lot more 
just in resale in the comps than mine in a smaller town that no one cares about ever wanting to live there. You know, so it's just as nice. It's built just as nice as all the, the same amenities. It's just not a stucco palace. It's, you know, stick built with hardy panel siding and it's brand new paint, brand new doors, brand new triple pane windows, brand new everything, you know, two heating and air and, and cooling units and everything, just like a big house. But I could maybe get 120000 for it because the area I'm in and, 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 you know, got landscaping and, you know, sprinkler systems and everything. It's like just automated to the max, just like a house here in, in the bigger city that's valued at three, 400000 Well, you, you tell me the property tax is the same on that? Yeah, you know, they might try to tell you that, but I doubt it. it I think it's, I think it's, you know, more. And they're, they're not going to put that kind of house on a, on an acre. They're going to divide that acre up into maybe third acres. So there's three of them. So even if they're charging the same for on that, on that acre of land, they're getting three times more money or two times more, or whatever the fuck it ends up being. So, you know, that might be your small target. And, and, and so you're going to do the same thing. You're going to find out the key players in it. It's going to always fall back to the city council. And, and so you're going to need to get them on your side. In a, in a, so if your friend comes to you and says, I live in bumfuck nowhere, but we're having problems because the mayor's an asshat like that small town I was telling you about, we need to do something about it. You always start with the mayor and the city council and the people in charge. And then you attack the problem once you get your, your key players in place or at least in line. You know, might not get them in place, but if you grab the mayor by the short hairs and you go, hey, this is what we're going to do, jerkweed. And if you don't like it, well, I already got more signatures on a petition to recall you than you got in the, in the whole election. So you're out of here. But we don't mind you. We don't want to go through all that because it's a pain in the ass. Um why don't you just uh, sign off on this and quit being a douchebag and start being our neighbor, motherfucker? So, then, so you're always going to fight the battle the same way. You're still going to always start at the key players, and in every town, in every city, and all across America, there's a mayor and council, or aldermen's or count, whatever they call them. There's the, the the guy that's elected that hires the chief of police, and. and so he hires the chief of police. See, the chief of police is not elected. The sheriff is elected or the, you know, the marshal or whatever you call them in your parish or whatever, you know, but they're elected. They're, just, they're the, the highest law enforcement officer in the county beyond there. The, the chief of police writes tickets out of the sheriff's checkbook, basically. You know, he's got the constitutional authority granted by the people and he allows or shares that authority with the police. So if you don't like what's going on, like what happened in Baltimore and the whole hands up, don't shoot when the Black Lives Matter started, they could have just went to the sheriff and said, hey, we want these police officers at least investigated by you. We trust you. We elected you. But they didn't want to do that. They wanted to make money. So they created Black Lives Matter and they obviously raised a lot of money. So. Whatever, more power to them. But, you know, if they wanted to really fix the problem, they would have went to the sheriff and fixed that problem right right away. So everything runs pretty much the same everywhere you are. 
in America. You know, the mayor of New York, you got a governor of, you know, New York, you got, you know, representatives and senators. It's the same flock of buzzards and vultures that you have in, in smaller states, the flyover states, as they call us, because they like to marginalize us and make us not feel so cool. Um, so the targets, even though you're aiming small, are going to always be one or two or three people that you need to start focusing on and then figuring them out. Do your opposition research. Start figuring it out. And don't do like they do in Mexico. You know, Mexican people have been fucked over by these families for years because they, they, they feel good about this guy. And they're like, yeah, I like him because he's got nice hair and he says shit. And, and then they elect him. And then he turns around and steals all their fucking money, you know, or screws them or steals their land. And, and that's because they vote based on emotion and not logic and not research. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't mean to bash on cultures that, you know, operate from matters of the heart more than they do matters of the brain. But in, in, these, in this situation, you have to go to logic, reason and common sense. They will play on your emotions because they know most people are very emotion-based. You make them cry and they're going to vote for you. You make them feel good about their puppy and they're going to vote for you, whatever it is. But when you go, what are you going to do if they bring in logic and common sense and they start telling you, well, we're going to have to raise taxes to pay for all these poor people that we've let into this town. And you're going to sit there and go, wait a minute, who's this we? I didn't want them here in the first place. You got everybody all emotionally wound up, and now we have these people. I'm not going to pay anymore. We've already brought them here and given them free housing and a bus, and, and, and everything else is subsidized. No more. Well, you know, that all falls under Section 8 housing. It's like, oh, so it's a federal program. Yes, it is. So, you know, a lot of the money comes from the, the federal government. It's like a lot or all of it. Because, see, you're talking about raising my taxes, so a lot isn't enough. So you're still raising my taxes. See, that would be thinking instead of feeling. And you have to vote on people for what they're saying. And I've noticed in the last elections, it's all about emotion. Well, he's a good guy. He likes his dog. You know, he's a bad guy. He put his dog on the roof of the truck in a dog carrier. You know, oh bad man and say like, nobody talked about it and Mitt Romney is a fucking douchebag don't get me wrong and what he did in Michigan or Minnesota, uh, Massachusetts with his health care was probably totally wrong but he did it the right way it's like in my state we're doing this it's not federal but then when he ran for president he wanted to make it federal because it works so well in his state. Well, no, that's how a country was set up. 50 states were 50 laboratories to try out 50 different bad ideas. And then we could all pick up on a federal level, maybe the, the one that worked. But we didn't have to make it federal. Like if, the, if Massachusetts next neighboring state would went, that's working really great. We're going to try it. And then for some reason, because of the, the economics of that state, because every state has different economic drivers, you know, it doesn't work, then you don't fucking do it. So, you know, here's Mitt Romney, you know, he's running for president. And, and 
you know, what did everybody get all mad at Mitt Romney about? Well, that he he had his dog on the top of the van in a in a car carrier. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, he had a a bunch of notebooks with women's names in them, which. You know, they were talking about women and hiring women and giving women higher job, better jobs in, in government. And he said, yeah, I, I've been hiring women for years and I have a, notebooks full of women's names that, you know, basically are good people that will do what I, needs done. And they turned that into some kind of chauvinist thing. So, you know, it, it, it all became issues of the heart, you know, and. I don't, I don't like his hair, you know. John McCain's weird, but she is, you know. Well, he's dead now, so I guess not really weird anymore. So, we as Americans, a lot of times get sold this voting, you know, kind of idea of, you know, emotion based, and and that's not the way it's supposed to be, because it's politics. You can run your house the way you want. And you can have you can have discussions with people in your community about, you know, emotional things like, you know, child safety, you know, it's abduction, some kid got hurt or something. And those are emotional things that need to be dealt with, but they need to be dealt with on a, a on a on a common sense level. You know, you don't just get all emotional about some child abduction and find the first person you think did it and lynch him, you know. Like they used to do in the Wild West days. Hang them. Get a rope. You know. Like in the movie Tombstone. There'll be no hanging tonight. You know. With Curly Bill and all that. Which, you know, he was an asshat. And they probably should have hung him. But either way, he got his he got his in the end. But that's how America works. See, we have a justice system and, and laws. And and so, you know, we, we draw the line at being emotional. You know, when it comes to exacting justice sometimes. And, and yet... When we vote for people that that create the laws that we have to live by, we're totally okay with just you know he's got good hair. Oh, he he makes me feel good. Oh, did you hear he bought the he bought that little kid a, a puppy, and that that's it. Fucker wins. Boom, mayor of fucking California because he bought a puppy. You know, if he didn't know it was that cheap to win, he wouldn't have spent millions on advertising. But then if he didn't, nobody would have known that he bought a puppy. You know, so you, you have to, we can't fall into that trap. We have to remain vigilant and, and focused and, and use our sense and our, our ability to reason to, to do what we got to do. And so, once again, we're going to aim small and, and we're going to use logic and common sense and reason to pick the people or to get them on our side or to attack them, to get them out of the way, you know? So it's, there's a a Taoism that says, you know, like division is really not about math. It's divide and conquer kind of thing. And I have a tattoo on this arm for the symbol of division. And what it means is in life, there's problems. And there's three kinds of problems. And so the first problem is kind of like what they call a puzzle. And it, and it challenges and you want to figure it out. And you bat it around and you go, well, you know. And, and the whole purpose of resolving this problem is because it's almost entertaining. It's a puzzle. You choose to do it. 
And, and you might meet politicians that are that way. They're, they puzzle you. They're not really like adversarial. And, and, and you can work with them, see. And you'd have to determine what kind of problem this individual is. And then, and then there's the object. The object. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. Then there's the object type of problem. It's something that's in your way. It's right there in front of you. You're trying to go from point A to point B, and it's in your way. It's, it's a zoning violation. It's, a, it's this chief of police. It's something that's stopping you from having your rights, you know, whether it's a front yard gardener, raising chickens. For right now, it's just a, an object in your way. How do I get around it or over it or through it? to get to the other side and to, to have my garden, you know, in my yard. So you have to look at it that way. It's not a puzzle. You have to figure it out. You're going from point A to point B. This is your, the way you were raised. You, you're from the depression. You're, you know, you're a grandma and your grandma can't have a garden, but that's, that's her mindset. And, and she doesn't eat that much. It's not like she's going to start a corporate farm in your fucking neighborhood. And so, it's not a puzzle. It's important to her to have her food, to eat, to not die because she's on a fixed income. So it's in your way and you have to get around it, through it, over it. And that's where you get into negotiating and they say politics is negotiation and give and take and all that. It's like, well, yeah, to a point. Uh, but then you run into the adversary. And see, like I kind of created the, the adversary type of problem uh, by telling the guy from planning and zoning that I was going to have him trespassed off my property. And he goes, well, I can do that. And I, I, I didn't argue with him. I didn't engage him. I just kind of laughed. And then I said, well, regardless, I go, this stop work order uh, has no code on it, no state statute on it. It's just words. You're telling me to stop working on my house. Just like if I went to your house and said, stop podcasting. It's like, fuck you. Who are you? That's what he was doing. See, and there, he couldn't back it up with anything. So then he wrote the ordinance down. He's like, according to city ordinance. Okay, now we're getting somewhere, see. Now I can look that up. I, you know, it's not just you saying stop because it's noisy and you don't like it or whatever. You're a control freak. And what the fuck am I doing adding on to my house? He can't afford it or whatever. So then he put the ordinance on there. And I said, well, that's great. That's a city ordinance. I'll look into it. I said, but I can quote three trespassing statutes that are codified into law in the state constitution. I'd appreciate it if you stayed off my property. So I guess, according to some people I've talked to, I pissed him off. So he's been become an adversary. And an adversarial problem will not go away. Whether you win or get around them or figure it out like a puzzle or go through them like a, an object, it will always be there. It's like the, the, the fucking movie where you shoot the guy and he just keeps coming back at you because you thought he was dead. You thought he drowned. You know, well, with a, an adversarial problem, you don't think that you've solved it. You must destroy them one way or another. And so he's become my adversarial problem. Now, I might be able to get him to become more of an object because he doesn't run the fucking city, but he won't let go of this thing. 
So I need to play my cards to where I can I can not so much win, just get him to waive enforcement so I can go on with my life. That would make him more of an object. But if he continues to throw shit in my way and come at me, even though I I suggested the city to to waive enforcement on my parcel, so nobody wins, nobody loses. If he keeps continuing on and like, no, I won't accept that. I'm the guy. I'm planning and zoning director or whatever the fuck he is, his title. Enforcement, you know, Nazi for some fake city government branch or department that has no fucking authority other than they think they do. And it's, the city's stupid enough to go, well, I, I think that's, that's right. We need control freaks. You know, so he can he can either stay an, an object problem that I have to get around or through. But if he keeps throwing shit in my way, then technically he's become an adversary. Well, then what I need to do is, let's say I go to the, the municipal court and, you know, they're, they're stupid. And they're like, you lose because we don't like you, Mark. Okay, then I, then I appeal it. Eventually, then I'll, I'll appeal it. To where I will win because it's state constitution is pretty fucking clear. I'm right, they're wrong. Well, now how do I destroy him since he's moved himself into an adversarial thing? And and just because I win that doesn't mean he, he might not come back. So now I have to sue him, see, because he said I can't build on my property. And he said I would go to jail and there would be fines and penalties. So that is threats and intimidation because we proved in court that he had no authority to do that. So therefore, if a cop says he's going to do something to you, like, I'm going to throw the book at you, you're never going to see your wife or children for 40 fucking years. And, and he can't, he doesn't have the authority to do that because he doesn't. Then you can, you can sue him for threats and intimidation. And like I told, you know, somebody on the city council, I go, the, the fact that I'm going to sue him for threats and intimidation is just one of those things because I'm going to find a way to sue him personally to where the city's lawyer isn't paying, you know, all the legal fees. He is him personally. And then I'm not going to just sue him for threats and intimidation. I'm going to come up with all kinds of stuff to where when he was on my property, he offended me. He threatened me. Not just with the legal system. He threatened to punch me out. He was so mad that he said, I'm going to get you. I'm going to kick your ass or whatever. See, I, I don't have to prove it. It's the allegation. And, and a lot of people might be listening now because I know a lot of my listeners are religious by nature. They're going to sit there and go, Mark, that's a bridge too far. That's almost extortion. Well, he's the one that put himself in the adversary class and for me to destroy him and ruin him and to get him completely out of the picture I might have to fight dirty and I've noticed in America's history that well we killed English people and then we went to war with Spain and we killed Spanish people <coughs> we went to war with Mexico and we killed Mexican people we went to war with Germany and we killed Germans we went to war with Japan and we killed Japanese people Went to war in, in, in the Middle East, and we've killed Middle Eastern people. Afghanistanis, Taliban, whatever the fuck their names are. 
You know, so that's okay. See, for freedom and liberty, now, you got to keep this in perspective. Why did we kill Japanese? Oh, because they attacked us? Well, okay, we could have we could have brushed that off and went, well, yeah, that was stupid to leave all our planes in one fucking pile and all our boats. God, you know, needed to keep all our eggs. You know, don't keep your eggs in one basket. We did that. And, and then we could have held them off and no big deal. We didn't have to drop fucking two atomic bombs on them. Why did we go to war with Germany to stop the progression of communism and socialism? And yeah, because whatever feel-good things we could think of, like, oh, look at the Jews being fucked up. But most Americans didn't even know about that until like, they were freed from Auschwitz and stuff. The German people didn't even know it. So we go to war to stop communism to keep America free so we go to war for democracy actually it's for republic and it should be to defend our sovereignty as a free people now we've kind of bastardized it to where we got to go out like franchising and get everyone to become a democracy because we're McDonald's and we want everyone to be McDonald's so we went to these wars and we killed all those people in the name of freedom and liberty. So I'm not going to shoot this motherfucker, but I am willing to stretch the truth. And if that's called extortion, then so be it. And I doubt I'll have to do that because he's done enough things. But what if you run into a real adversarial person in your big town and he's literally going to send the, the, you know, the, the city hitman after you because they black bag people all the time. Like California does things that are heinous to a lot of the people that are just trying to, to exercise their rights and their freedom. They've arrested them. They've ruined their lives. They've besmirched them. You know, they do that at a federal level constantly. And don't think your little city of 50, 100,000 people are above that. If you looked around, you've probably seen that they used uh, Billy or Mary as, a, as an example. Well, we're going to crush them. And they, they throw the book at them. And, and then, you know, in court, none of the evidence gets heard because, well, you know, the DA didn't think it was necessary. We've heard about that. You know, haven't we? Yeah, we, of course we have. So... This happens all the time. And it, and it happens up there in that level. They can do that, I guess, right? It's, it's right to, to falsify evidence to put someone in prison because he made an enemy maybe of the district attorney. He fucked over the chief of police. Why was that? They just thought he was bad. There was no evidence. He kept walking from all these court cases. So obviously if your system works, he was guilt innocent but people think he's bad and usually they are you know because our legal system is so corrupt nowadays but does that give you the right to plant evidence you know gets him off the street you know he's bad okay so can i say that i'm an american all the authority these people are using and abusing come from me and you 
So if it's okay to them to take that authority that we gave them, we can't use it either. You know, I can't throw some false allegations out there to get this guy out of my way. You know, and, and it doesn't mean that if I if I say something and it, and it ruins his credibility in the community or in the county and he re- resigns and walks away, it doesn't mean that I can't let him resign. I don't have to take it to fruition and sue him for whatever false deed I'm falsifying. Now... Two wrongs don't make a right, but sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. And these people, we elect them, they hire their friends, their friends become high in power. Most of the people that impeached Trump twice were not even elected people. They were clowns and jackoffs like, you know, the guys that work for the FBI and the CIA. They were not elected. So we're out here as Americans doing what we think is the right thing. And then the people we elect hire dumbasses that lie to them and say, oh, I'm, I'm like a pillar of righteousness. And then they abuse the system. And I think abusing the system back at them to get their ass out of town is totally fine. I would never use false allegations and have someone arrested or have them go to prison. When I know it was bullshit. But I will use it to discredit the holy fuck out of them. Because I know they're going to do it to me. So it's game plan. You can pick your own battles because I'm, I'm one guy. I'm going to work on my town. I, I will help you with your town if you email me at Mark at Prepper Guy and go, Hey, I'm having a battle. How do I aim small again? Here's where I live. Here's what I'm up against. And then we can bounce it all around and see if we can come up with something. But if you and your group decide to aim small and you go, I would never do like Mark Sand and use false allegations. And this is just that one guy. This is the one adversarial problem that I'm having a hard time dealing with. All the other problems have been puzzles and objects, which I've gone around and dodged bullets for the 20 years I've lived there. I've added on to my house before and didn't give them a fucking dime either. You know, well, $200 was a token, you know, to get them off my back. But I wasn't in the mood at the time to fight. But it's still, I, 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 I found a way over that object that was in my way. I gave them some money, which is like a tenth of what I probably should have paid for that permit. But I wore the guy down. So that was going around the problem or, or, or through it or something over it this has been the first you know I've never in my life I've only run into a few adversaries that are just eternally after me and I still have always chosen to take the high road but when it becomes political finding that high road is a lot harder because you only have a certain time limit because they can do so much damage to your neighbors in that time frame or if it's just me, I'm willing to put up with it. So you can pick your own rules of engagement. Yeah, we'll call it rules of engagement. And and you can fight your, your battles however you see fit. So 
that's all I can think of. I mean, really, it's, it's, it is a simple plan. And there's no reason for me to go on and on, you know, five or six podcasts on explaining each nuance. You know, if, if you, uh, if you want to look up the, the Taoism symbol for division and read what it means, then do your homework. You know, and then so how do I apply that to these butt munchers that are in my city running it into the ground? Do it. But we have to just remember to aim small. Stop aiming for, we want our country back. We got it. You know, they haven't locked us all up in cages yet, so we got our country. It's a, it's a, it's a term that's like, it's stupid. I want my country back. I want my free freedom of press back. I want my freedom of speech back. I want my gun rights back. Well, you still got them. And even if the federal government says you can't own a gun ever again, doesn't mean your state has to follow along. And even if your state is one of those fucked up liberal states like Illinois and D.C. is not a state, but a district and you know, California and there's so many states have fucked up heinous gun laws. Doesn't mean your sheriff has to enforce them. And if they come into your county to enforce that gun law, your sheriff, if he's a man or a woman about it and a constitutional sheriff from part of the CSPOA or .org and has learned some shit, he can let you carry a gun. They'll go, that's federal law. It's like, we don't care. Well, it's state law. We don't care. You know, our county said, well, our sheriff said, I'm not going to enforce these group gatherings and, and mask wearing. It's not going to do it. <clears throat> Everybody's like, you're going to kill everyone. Most of the people in the state that aren't fucking 1% morons are like, oh, thank God. You know, the people in our county were thankful. Sure, were there some big mouse out there going, yeah, you can't do that. Wear a mask for my safety. It's like your safety is the least of my fucking problems. So we need to um, figure it out. I will be, you know, talking about as I go along how it's working. I've been talking about my planning and zoning fight. Next month I got another continuance and we'll see what happens. And I'm just letting them string it along because the ball's in their court. They haven't presented any evidence to me through discovery and said, okay, here's your court date. So it's really up to them to drop it or pursue it. So there's no reason for me to get all mad and kick a sleeping dog. You know, fuck it. Let him sleep. Maybe while he's sleeping, he'll die and go away. I don't care. But I'll, I'll keep you on, on top of it. You know, our city's thinking about rewriting the code. So I'll, I'll let you know how that's going. I'll try to take notes and be like all official and shit. And, and you need to do the same. If you have a podcast, talk about it. It's so easy to do a podcast. I'm talking to my phone right now. I, t- I got a little bungee cord, like one of those six-inch bungee cords with a hook on each side. Wrap it around my mirror and around my phone and hook it on there. And look how stable it is. It's great. Better than them shitty mounts that you buy that rattle all over and fucking fall off the window. It's my mirror. It hasn't fell off in years. So... Do that. Start a podcast. Start a local podcast. Start a local blog. Start talking about local people. Start using your brain. And, and, and not being those people that don't understand how it works. Because nothing would be worse than for you to start a movement 
and to take aim at people that are doing the right thing. See, then you'd be just like another libtard fucking shit up. You know, and I, and I talk to smart people all the time. You know, they're like, oh, Social Security is it's not an entitlement. It is an entitlement. It's like, just read, go to socialsecurity.org, .gov, whatever the fuck it is. It tells you. It's an entitlement. Your Social Security taxes were supposed to go into a trust fund, but they don't. It's a bookkeeping trust fund. It's like petty cash. Where did that petty cash come? It's on a ledger in a bookkeeping system. And there might even be a box with $10, $15 in it for petty cash. But they can take that money out and buy copier paper if they need it, which is not something for petty cash. Same thing. So don't be those people that just hear the talking points from the left or the loons you know, in politics and go, oh, uh, you know, they, they can do that. You know, the whole thing with this popular vote thing. We don't vote for presidents. Popular vote is bullshit. That's why they're having so much trouble figuring it out because it never existed. It's smoke and mirrors. Learn stuff before you get involved. Strip it down to the purest form of the Constitution and go, what would the founding fathers do with when the colonies were just set up and were having problems? What did they do? How did they treat it? Read the history of the colonies because each state is a colony. It's actually a country. How did they govern themselves back then when we didn't have planning and zoning, uh, ATF, gun control, all this shit? That's how it should be running. And all safety nets be damned? Read that and try to follow that for your local area. And, and, And always remember... If they need an answer out of you right away, then the answer is no. You know, we want to tax the, the rich in our community. That guy, Bobby's so fucking rich to fund our swimming pool for the poor kids. What's your answer? No. You know, why would you do that? That's not America. And, and, and most people, that's why I'm presenting my plan, have the common sense to go, this is not the way it was supposed to be. What I see here in my community is not what it's supposed to be. How do I know that? Because I, I studied history. I just know that when you're taking tax dollars and giving it to people that didn't earn it, that's a reallocation of wealth. That's improper. Taxes are illegal. Income tax is totally illegal. It was never ratified. So if you want to fight that battle, fight that battle, but you're not going to win. You know, property taxes are oppressive. Fight that battle. Things that affect you, not because, I don't like him. He's a fucking big mouth. Well, it's not a battle. Stupid. Deal with it. So, get involved. That's my simple plan. It is that simple. Aim small. Find your target of opportunity. Get your friends together. Determine your rules of engagement, the battle plan, A, B, and C, and initiate it. I hope this helped because I'm going to start talking about other shit again. You know, I read a really good post in Casual Prepper on Facebook. I like them, guys. They ask good questions and get good responses. And, uh, And it was about 
why do all these groups talk about politics in the prepping community? And I have a theory on that, but if you're not paying attention and, and listening to politics, then you're not prepping. I'm sorry. We've made too many compromises already, too many retreats. They invade our space, and we fall back. I'm your huckleberry. The line must be drawn here. This far, no further. That's just my game.